Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the extra show where we discuss the week's big stories in bite-sized chunks. I'm Connor Pope and I'm joined by my colleague, Progress Deputy Director, Stephanie Lloyd. Steph, I think we should start with the so-called refugee crisis that has um, kind of taken over the news a bit over the past week or so. I think around 100 uh, asylum seekers have landed in the southeast around Kent since Christmas Day. Lovely bit of the world. <laughs> yeah, you're from Kent. <laughs> I feel we should point that out. What, yeah, what do you kind of make of, of what the government's response has been, I guess, mainly? I think, to be fair, the government's response, I don't like to feign outrage at lots of things, but I actually think on this, the government's response is horrendous. And I think particularly when you look at the kind of comments made by Sajid Javid, and he has suggested that those being picked up by the UK authorities at the moment should have their asylum rejected just to try and deter potential other people that might do that. Now, that is, if that is the policy of the UK government, we are literally saying that we are happy to breach the Geneva Convention. Like mm. We no longer believe in international law in terms of what it is that we're doing. And it's like this idea that you would use people being exploited, people in the most vulnerable of situations to choose to do that, put themselves in that, who, you know, people who will continue to just be exploited at the hands of traffickers. So the most deeply generic man in politics can posture about a bit for a leadership election in the Tory party that's clearly going to happen now over the next couple of years. But this is what I think is so scary at the moment about what's happening in the Conservative Party because there is no direction, there is no leadership and a, a clearly no moral compass in any way whatsoever. And my biggest fear with that then is that we are now going to see this kind of ridiculous posturing happen over the next couple of years until there's some form of resolution. To kind of cast a cynical political eye on it unhappily is that in 2015 there was about a million refugees who came into Europe um, obviously fleeing war mainly in the Middle East now only a hundred have supposedly been kind of tried to come over in the past couple of weeks and that refugee crisis in in 2015 which was genuinely a crisis I think in, in in some in some ways I think that played a really big political role in the outcome of the 2016 
EU referendum. Yeah. And, and obviously that drove a lot of people into voting to leave because they thought that actually the way that Europe was functioning meant that we couldn't uh, properly handle uh, what was happening. Whereas actually, I think <laughs> my personal opinion is exactly the opposite, <laughs> which is actually we, well, actually the European Union did not handle that refugee crisis particularly well or well at all. Frankly, the structures that we have in place should mean that we are able to deal with that in a much better and more humane uh, way than, frankly, uh, if we don't have a European Union. And um, partly my concern about some of this is that actually this kind of exaggerated reaction to what is, uh, in essence, quite a small number of people seeking asylum in this country over the course of a couple of weeks is been made out to be uh, a much bigger story than it actually is. And actually with Brexit at this tipping point it feels mm. like especially over the next few weeks when when the deal will come in i think th there is a sense that pro-brexit uh, media newspapers and the government are both exaggerating um the level of this issue in order to try and get what political end they want out of brexit which um is just another kind of cynical political uh, calculation that i think is being made as well as as you said sajid javid doing it for his own stand within the Conservative Party mm. as but, well. But that's, and, and I think, you know, that's why I think he is doing it in terms of his own standing in, uh, with the Conservative Party. He's trying to be, you know, he's trying to be seen as tough on immigration because that's what people in this country want. And it's playing into that political idea that if you scapegoat other people, that gives you the answer to the problems that we face as the country. So rather than actually dealing with any of the issues that are leading to this rather than trying to have any level of humanity to try and understand why people are fleeing, the danger that they're in, the amount of abuse and uh, vulnerability that they face in terms of traffickers and people exploiting them in order to try and, you know, people that are just desperately trying to find somewhere safe that they mm. can call home. That's the problem is that people, it's it's just being used for for, you know, political political circumstance and you know Sajid Javid being like I've cancelled my fancy holiday in order to come back <laughs> and referring to himself as the Sajid which I mean yeah. I mean there are no words for just how tragic all of this is but you know that for me is the biggest worry and I think it also really plays into another story that came out um this week I've got still no concept of days by the way so mm. if I at any point go like this weekend because yeah, in my head it's like Monday but it's not because over Christmas I lose all concept of what day oh, of the week it yeah, possibly yeah. is. So bear with me if I get that wrong. However, this week, not weekend, which is where my mind originally went to, you saw the story break in the Times about the idea of um, predominantly, almost certainly, almost kind of young women who have been forced to leave this country by relatives of their family to go to other countries in terms of forced marriage. Those who, when they're trying to desperately come back to the UK and and kind of flee that level of kind of entrapment and persecution, the Home Office, the Foreign Office, God, I still clearly got my <laughs> Christmas head on, um, the Foreign Office are charging our own citizens in order to get them back. And in cases, up to thousands of pounds that they're charging them to do it. And if they can't afford to pay it immediately, they'll give them a loan in order to do that, but they'll take their passport off them until they can come back. I mean, like, this is a government who's already had the Windrush scandal, who have 
horrendously mismanaged the refugee crisis that we've had, um, as you spoke about over the last couple of years. This is another example of how the Conservative Party are still the nasty party through and through, and particularly when it comes to immigration. And I think this from, this kind of story for me is what scares me the most about what's going to happen post-Brexit. If we're not even looking after our most vulnerable citizens now, mm. what is going to happen if we just fall off a cliff edge? On that kind of point, I think we we should have a look at obviously where Brexit is mm. going to be going over the next couple wouldn't of months. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about Brexit. Oh, absolutely. We, we've got so little time left to talk about it that we might as well try and fit it in. Because <laughs> um, there's only, what, you know, 12 weeks left, I guess, before we go, 11 now, mm. something like that. Cool. Um, but there was the, the big polling this week. There's been quite a big story, especially in The Guardian. Mm. Um, this YouGov did polling with... Um, uh, the Party Members Project, which is funded by the European and Social Research. And that's a project that looks to find out more about the types of people who are members of political parties in Britain. Um, this new polling was on Labour members' opinions and uh, on Brexit in particular. It found that 72% of Labour Party members want there to be uh, a public vote on Brexit before we leave. And 88% of those would vote remain in a referendum, yeah. What 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 do you think of the kind of top line takes on uh, on this polling? I mean, it really kind of confirms what we already knew. In that sense, mm. we know that the Labour Party is by far a Remain party in terms of its membership. We know that um, we want to see another referendum in terms of putting that back to the people. We've had poll after poll, and, and even the ones that have come out of the People's Vote over the past few months have, have said very similar things, slightly different numbers, but still a huge overwhelming majority of people that want that to happen. I think where it's going to get interesting is to see what Jeremy does and the leadership do in terms of uh, how they play that. Um, we know what party policy is, um, but currently that's somewhat being quite tenuously hmm. uh, interpreted by the leadership. Um, I think, you know, we're already seeing calls from... Uh, Labour for a People's Vote and the TSSA and some of those, you know, really big campaigners um, who were, who are now calling for another conference to kind of reaffirm Labour's position and really try and firm up where the leadership are on that. Um, but, you know, there is going to become, like, we're kind of at the end of the road now in that sense. The, ambig the ambiguity that we've had over the leadership, from the leadership's position for the last couple of years, it can't, there is an end point now mm. and they have to decide where they're going to fall down. And if they're not going to do the competence vote or they do do it and it doesn't work, where are they going to go next? And I think if they facilitate, you know, there's no such thing as a Labour Brexit in my mind. And if they try and facilitate some of that, I think there is going to be a real tension between the leadership and the party membership in a way that we've that we've not seen in years. The Labour Say uh, group, which... Um, the campaign which was launched uh, with Progress about a year ago now mm. has a WhatsApp list group that you can sign up to and you get bits of uh, analysis and graphics about the latest Brexit stories. I wrote a short analysis about this polling uh, for that list on Wednesday, which you can sign up to. I'll put a link underneath today's podcast. Essentially, the stuff that I was kind of focusing on that was, A, the question of whether this polling is accurate. And I think that's a really important and interesting question because actually a lot of people uh, who, you know, media outriders, especially for the Labour leadership, said, actually, these pollsters don't have the data for Labour Party memberships. So they can't possibly know whether this polling is accurate. 
Uh, a bit of a fundamental misunderstanding of polling. Yeah, but, sure. well, but what's really interesting is this polling carried out by YouGov. And that's, mm-hmm. that's quite important. YouGov not only actually got the 2017 general election much closer than anyone else did and picked up that Corbyn surge there, but they also were the first polling company uh, to pick it up in the 2015 um, Labour leadership contest, which I remember very well covering it. As a, as a lobby journalist at the time. And, and again, in the 2016 uh, leadership contest between Corbyn and Smith, they got the figures, certainly for at least the Labour members, mm. actual members who voted, spot on. Um, and so actually, you can have quite a lot of faith that this is accurate polling. Um, and I think that is really important to have at a time like this. And so I think that is a really important message to get out there because I know that some people will be making the argument that you can't possibly know how good this polling is. And actually... These are also the people that would argue, you know, black is white and white is black. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, but... Depending on what works. But it it is an important point. It's it's worth having the the facts there. And and the the party members project is also uncovering some really interesting stuff and is doing quite long-term investigations into what party members think. So I think that's quite an academically watertight uh, thing as well. Um, And the other thing was actually, given that, as you say, we don't think this hasn't this hasn't really changed anything. We don't, we kind of expected the polling to say this. We mm. know that Labour members hate Brexit. We know that overwhelmingly they they would back another vote on it. Yeah, I mean, so, com- so, conference floor, for example. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, totally out of the blue standing ovation for Keir Starmer when he said about Remain still being on the ballot and that the people's vote would be an option. That was not a conference floor mm. that was in any way hostile to Jeremy or the leadership. If, if anything, totally the other way in terms of how that works. So... You know, this is not just a mm. anti-Corbyn project as people are now trying to proclaim. Absolutely. And and while it was expected, we can't, that isn't as being blasé about it. Actually, at this point, it is really important because of the different ways that Brexit could go. If we're not to leave with a no deal, which obviously is the default on March 29th, then MPs do have to do something. And for them to do something, that means that there needs to be a shift in opinion somewhere. And... Uh, I think there had been some belief, certainly, you know, from the Labour leadership, there there are still uh, suggestions that if May changes her deal in certain ways, that Labour will back it. And actually, what's really important is that the membership are completely and staunchly uh, in, have a view on, on what they think should happen. And that hasn't shifted at all as we get closer to that. And that means that if there is a mandate for anything in the Labour position to change over the coming months, then actually it's towards a people's vote and it's not towards backing May's deal. I think that's a a really important and interesting element of this, despite the fact that actually, as you said at the beginning, not very much has changed. No, I, I agree with you entirely on that. And I think the other thing that's quite interesting is some of the polling that's been done about Labour supporters. So even if you remove the idea of Labour membership, like and, and and people who are solidly signed up to you know labor and the party and do the door knocking and pay their money and all the rest of it even if you and you know the biggest argument that we see people come against us is oh well that's not what labor members want in the outside we saw mm. loads of constituencies where you know they're labor but they voted really strongly to leave and that is entirely true however when you look at the list of things that they care about and the things that really bother them, Brexit is very, very low down the list. So the idea that it's too dangerous for the Labour Party to take a proper position on Brexit and a position that will mean we don't lose billions of pounds from the economy and can't invest that back into 
the NHS and education and the things that Labour voters care about beyond anything else is is just, you know, kind of getting dismissed away with some of this stuff as well. So I think that is the stuff that that really matters and will, you know, it is the stuff that the leadership should be really kind of pondering on over the next couple of weeks. And they're just, you know, we're going to have the vote on what, the 15th? So mm. far, who knows? We always, you know, <laughs> these things have changed subject, before. Subject to change, yeah. But, you know, as I say, like we're coming to the end of the road on some of this stuff and there's going to have to be a shift on what happens. Well, January is going to be a really big month uh, for Brexit. We'll be doing the Progressive Britain podcast every Tuesday and Friday. On Tuesday, I'll be speaking to Tim Bale, who is working on the party members project. So we'll be able to chat a bit more about that polling. And I think I'll be on the Spectator podcast at some point next week. Again, mainly talking about Labour Party <laughs> and Brexit. So, uh, do... I think you need to get used to this. I think, I think this is what we're going to be. This is the territory we're in now. So do remember to subscribe to Progressive Britain on iCast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the con signing out. I'm trying that out. Does that work? No. Like, like this edge? No. Absolutely right. abysmal. That is the last time you'll be hearing that then, even if you subscribe. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.